0: Hello, and welcome to In the Details, House of Desiderata's first podcast. HOD is an online luxury magazine for those who enjoy the finer things in life. The best parts of all luxury brands is the attention that they give to detail, so we decided to highlight these while speaking with the brains behind their operations. I'm your host, Gabrielle Holliday, and today we are talking and diving deep into the details with Elizabeth Grace Hand, the founder of Stahl Studios. Stahl Studios is a warm and comforting island in the sea of busyness that covers Manhattan, and Elizabeth is the light behind it all. Our co-founder and editor-in-chief, Sonia, visited Elizabeth, and after just one treatment, she was wowed by the results as well as Elizabeth's knowledge of the industry and her attention to detail. I got to speak with Elizabeth over the phone a few days ago to find out more about how she took the plunge to creating this incredible, luxurious experience. Thank you for joining us on In the Details, House of Desiderata's first podcast. Today we are joined by Elizabeth, the founder of Stahl Studios, and we are so happy to have her on. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. This is my first podcast. Oh, we're so happy to be your first. And thank
0: you so much again. Um, so jumping right in, what led you to found Stall Studios?
1: So it was really an accident. I mean, looking back, I did always want to start my own studio because I felt the spa space at the time was missing that boutique customized kind of experience. But I really don't think I would have had the nerve to ever do it if it didn't happen that the way that it did. Like, I don't think I would have just gone off on my own. Um, So what happened was the spa that I was working at for years We closed um, last July, so like July 2021, and we didn't have any kind of real definitive answer as to when we'd be reopening. So not only was I out of a job, but all of my clients who were looking for um, facials that were coming regularly, they didn't have anywhere to go. So I started looking for a space in New York, which is similar to looking for an apartment in New York, I learned I'd never done it before, look for commercial space. a little scary, but um, I finally found a space and I signed a lease. I'm um, not knowing if my clients would still come to me if I wasn't at my last place of work. I also didn't have any backing um, as far as you know funding it, so it was all my savings. I was really terrified, um, but it worked out. And it kind of goes to show you that you really don't you don't have control over everything. And like something like a, a huge setback, you know, like your job ending, that you know it was devastated. I mean, it actually can turn into something even better and I really truly don't think I would have started the studio if it wasn't for that and I would have you know kept been working there still so so yeah so that's kind of how this accident happened of me starting this is something I definitely looking back wanted to do but don't think I ever would have actually done it. Mm
0: -hmm. Well it was definitely a very happy accident um, and I definitely feel like sometimes like betting on yourself is the best way to go about it and it definitely paid off for you. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is your overall ethos?
1: So I think my overall ethos, like I think like one in particular that I also think is really important in my field of work um, is kind of to make others around me feel happy, safe, like love, accepted and important. I think the beauty industry or like the world in general, you know, you can you can start to feel insecure. I mean, the beauty industry can manipulate consumers like by praying on insecurities, promoting unattainable beauty standards. And we're also bombarded with edited images all day on our phones. And, you know, I can see like actually the impact it is making. A lot of my clients come in saying, like, I have the worst skin and none of them them do. Um, So I think, you know, making people people feel good um, is a really big ethos of mine. And I think it's like a a responsibility to um, within my line of work.
0: Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, And so how did you come up with the stall method?
1: So uh, the method, there really isn't one. Um, You come in and depending on how your skin is that day, it's going to be different. You know, you could come in one month, the next month we may do a totally different facials. I really customize it to what the skin needs in the moment. And I kind of designed it to be this way because... The other places I'd work, and also, you know, going as, as a consumer, as a client, going into other places, it, the menus are really confusing and you don't know what you need. So I like having something customized because the competition is what who is going to know what your skin actually needs. So that's why I kind of designed it this way.
0: Oh, incredible. Um, And kind of going off of that, so when people come into your studio and like depending on like how their skin is during the month, is there any kind of formal like intake process like that you do with like evaluating their skin or is there something you do like each time someone comes in and then you're like, oh, okay, like this is like the um, like the route we kind of need to go down for like what their
1: goals are. Um, Is there like some form of like process that you do with everyone? Yeah, so the someone's first time they come in, we do like a more intense intake, you know, I find their histories and they fill out a whole form. Um, and then I talk to them about their skin and also, you know, lifestyle, because I think um, even determining like the course of action after the first treatment, you know, it has a lot to do with their lifestyle. I mean, I, I you know, we look, I figure out their skin type, their concerns, their lifestyle, you know, some clients maybe, you know, I want to put them on a particular routine, but maybe that client, they only want to do two steps in the morning and they're not going to do more than that. So I'll try with those two products, like really make it the best two that they can have to get what they need at the morning without multiple steps. And then the same with treatments, too, because it'll be different depending, you know, on, you know, if it's the summer and if they're going to be at the beach and things like that. So. So, yeah. Oh, incredible.
0: I love how instead of kind of trying to like fit each patient into like a different box, instead you like create your own box like for this patient so that their skin is going to be the absolute best that it can be. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so speaking of morning routines, can you walk us through
1: your morning skincare routine? Oh, my morning skincare routine. So I'm constantly testing products, but no matter what, I'm always doing a cleanser, an antioxidant serum, a moisturizer, and sunscreen. So like, and that is really across the board, no matter, you know, who you are, where your skin type is. Obviously we would customize those four products depending on your skin type and concerns and lifestyle, but those four things are really, really important. Antioxidants are crucial because you really want to protect from free radical damage that you get just by, you know, walking outside and living your day. And it's, just as important as wearing sunscreen and even when it's cloudy you want to wear your sunscreen because the uva rays um they penetrate the uva rays penetrate glass they penetrate clouds so you really want to make sure that you're wearing sunscreen even on a cloudy day and so even if i mean i'm not perfect some days i you know i wake up late i'm not a morning person so i'll wake (laughs) up and i'll just you know if you're gonna do one thing do your sunscreen Because sunscreen does, I mean, it has moisturizer in it, so you are still getting some moisturizing properties, but you're getting that protection, which is the most important thing. And some will even have antioxidants in it as well. So if you can do that in the morning, that's good. That's all you need if you're going to do one thing. Oh, incredible.
0: Um, And... Are there five products right now that you would say, like, I cannot live without these products, like right now? Um, or is it more just like you're constantly just like cycling through um, like different types and different brands? So
1: I think like as like a base, my the five products are lip balm, retinol, and antioxidant moisturizer and SPF so those are the top five and that's one of those things too same with everybody across the board those are really important some people's lips genetically they're not as prone to getting chapped Mm -hmm. um but if you are I mean the pain when your lips are chapped the worst so I'm addicted to lip balm Mm -hmm. Are you, are you a big lip balm person? Mm-hmm. Oh, all the time. The last thing I do before
0: I get into bed um, every night is I put on, like, a bunch of um, lip balm, and then I do, like, moisturizer on my hands, but that's always, like, which, the last thing I do. Which lip balm
1: do you use? Which lip balm is your uh,
0: favorite? I kind of, like, alternate between two. My mom always had so many packs of, like, chapstick with her, always, so mm-hmm. I used to use that one, and then... I switched to the Glossier's, I think it's their Balm.com, but just in like the clear one. London can just get so cold and so dry. Um, it's really helped my lips a lot,
1: um, which is there one that is like your favorite right now? Well, I mean, I grew up, my mom was just putting Vaseline on us, like I feel like starting when we got out of the womb. So I'm sort of like now forced to do a lip balm all the time. I mean, I love Vaseline, but it's not the best. But because it does create a barrier, but it's not really treatment Mm -hmm. because it's aggressive. But um, I mean, I love the Augustina Spotter lip balm. Um, you know what I love too and I use it in the treatment room on a lot of clients and that's people are obsessed with it they're always like what lip balm is that I'm like it's just Egyptian magic cream very basic and there's some honey in it so it's a little antibacterial and it has the consistency of like a Vaseline I find that lip balm it's like people maybe they'll switch brands but they're very loyal to kind of the texture so if you like that jelly like that petroleum jelly like a Vaseline or an Aquaphor Mm -hmm. you'll like Egyptian magic and I love, and it's just like better
0: ingredients too. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I'm gonna have to try and find that because I need to try that out. <laughs> but it's cheap too. Oh, it's always good, always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> is there like any one skincare trend that you would really urge people to stay away from? Cause it's, it might be like really trendy right now, but you're like, this is gonna absolutely do so much damage to like your skin barrier. Or like, is there anything
1: like that going around? Yeah, so I think the biggest one is at home microneedling. I love microneedling. I mean, it can target so many different skin concerns and it doesn't use heat. So people that have darker skin tones can also use it with good results. I mean, because a lot of lasers, since they use heat and it targets, the melanin in your skin. And when you're dark, it's going to target your whole skin. So it's just not good for it. So, um, but microneedling, there's no heat. It can help with fine lines, wrinkles, hyperpigmentation, uneven skin tone. Um, But unless you're doing it in a professional setting, the risks really outweigh the potential benefits. Um, There's a really high margin of error with the at-home microneedling pens or rollers, especially with people without any knowledge or training. I mean, the wrong needle size can cause scarring, discoloration, injury, and then a big thing is how sterile it is. I mean, it's so easy to spread bacteria on the skin and it can lead to serious infection um, as well as breakouts. Uh, So I don't love microneedling. I think that would be the big thing, these at-home microneedling pens. Wait, do it in a professional setting, it's totally fine.
0: Oh, I bet. I had um, I had a treatment done a few months ago that used um, like one of those microneedling devices. And I remember just how they were like, make sure that you have like a clean pillowcase and clean sheets on your back. So it's like your skin is essentially like an open wound after that. And yeah, it just like, exactly. I was so careful after that. I was like, I could not I imagine know. like doing it at home. Oh my gosh. I
1: know, even touching your face with the dirty hand after. I mean, at home ones, I mean, you can. Or most at-home ones are they're they're thinner and shorter needles. Mm-hmm. They're still not good, but like there are also the bigger ones. I mean, that's even more dangerous. But oh my, God. yeah, it's it's crazy.
0: <laughs> oh, that's not good.
1: And, <laughs> with itself, yeah, exactly. Um, and
0: then, what would you say is your best advice, kind of like just across the board, um, for someone who does want to have like clear skin?
1: So I would say, don't touch. Try not to touch your face, which um, is like we were talking about. Even non-microneedled skin, you don't want to touch your face with the bacteria. Um, and I think a really good thing to do is kind of, and I feel like people are smarter about this now too. But like kind of taking what you hear, see on social media with a grain of salt. I mean, I think a lot of these bloggers and influencers, like they're really well intentioned, but some of the things I see, it. They're often incorrect. So, you know, when it comes to the health and quality of your skin, and figuring out what products to get and what treatments to get, online advice is really no substitute for visiting a qualified derm or an esthetician who has years and years of study and actual practice as a skincare professional. So, I think that's something to to keep in mind. Um, I mean, even going to somebody once or doing a virtual consultation. I mean, if if you don't have access to a derm or an esthetician in your town. Um, would be a great thing to do before kind of starting a whole routine just based on something that you're seeing online. I mean, I think, you know, it's it's fun. It's fun to buy stuff and experiment. And it's, you know, but if you really want, you know, to kind of get a good base routine, speaking to a professional is ideal. And then the mask, like you can always do the fun things, but it's good to have that professional opinion.
0: Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, And then finally, is there anything new or exciting coming up that you would like to tell our listeners about?
1: Yeah, so there'll be some new partnerships. I'm going to bring on some new brands. And hopefully, part of me doesn't want to say because I don't want to jinx it, but then the other part of me is kind of like, well, maybe I'm manifesting by saying Mm -hmm. Um, I really would love to open a larger space within the next year so I can bring on more estheticians and Bring the experience to more people. Um, I've started to look for spaces. Like I told you, when I found my space originally, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's New York, so New York real estate is very interesting. Um, so I'm still looking, but I'm really hoping that I will find the perfect space, and then we can see more people. Because right now, I just have the one treatment room. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so
0: exciting, and I wish you the best of luck at finding a space, especially in New York right now, with just, like, oh, I feel like a lot of my friends um, are just, like, looking for, like, new apartments or, like, going through, like, lease renewals, and they're like, it is no. so hard right now.
1: Oh, my gosh, I think that's the
0: worst thing right now, is renting an apartment. It's really bad. It's it's not good. I'm not looking mm-hmm. forward uh, to when we move back in two years, and I have to start doing
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope in two years, everything is back to normal. I hope, I hope so.
0: Hope.
1: <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine then. Oh, amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast and make sure to check out our article on Elizabeth and Stahl Studios on House of And just thank you so much uh, for being here and speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me. In the Details is created by House of Desiderata and produced by Gabrielle Holiday. Make sure to subscribe and check out our website for more articles.